Welcome to The Rentals, The Bottom Line, a podcast featuring conversations and interviews with people from around the rental industry, with a look at the challenges, questions, goals, and tips that business owners want to know about and have answered. Welcome to another episode of Rentals, The Bottom Line. I'm editor Alexis Brum. A few weeks ago, I sat down with Sandra Garby, co-founder, president, and VP of operations, and Ken Horton, co-founder and CEO of Visinex RFID. Visinex was started in 2012 to provide high-performance RFID tags to businesses. Let's get to the bottom of that conversation right now. Ken, Sandra, welcome. Can you each tell me a little bit about yourselves and your background? Uh, sure. Uh... This is Ken, and I, uh, I'm the CEO of uh, Visinex RFID. Uh, I'm also uh, the primary resource for sales and marketing in the company. Um, my background is I have a general engineering degree and uh, an MBA. Uh, and uh, most of my career was spent in small startup companies, primarily in operations and engineering-related roles. Uh, been through a half a dozen, been with a half a dozen startup companies. Uh, and back in 2008, I joined a company called RCD Technology, where um, Sandra was also employed. Uh, Sandra at that time was also a founder. Um, and uh, that was the first time I got involved with the RFID market. Um, spent about four years there. Uh, unfortunately, that company went out of business. But uh, Sandra and I and our third partner, Bob Oberly, uh, felt that there was still an opportunity in the RFID market. So we founded a new company, Visinex RFID, uh, to uh, focus on the things uh, that we thought were the best opportunities in the RFID space and for which we uh, had the capability to be competitive. Um, and uh, We've grown the business significantly since uh, that founding in 2012. Okay, this is Sandra. Uh, as Ken said, I am one of the founders uh, here at Visinex RFID. I'm also a VP of operations. I run the day-to-day -day operations, um, making sure uh, things get scheduled, production gets accomplished, and we uh, meet all of our customer expectations and needs as best we can. Uh, Background-wise, I am a ceramic engineer, spent about uh, 10, 15 years in the hybrid microelectronics business with two large corporations, Horaeus uh, and, and Engelhard. Um, after having gotten laid off from Engelhard, uh, one of my coworkers, Bob Oberly, and I started a company, as Ken mentioned, um, RCD Technology, uh, based on a technology that Bob developed. Um, unfortunately, that, that did not go as we had hoped, but in the meantime, we had met Ken. He got involved with us. Um, and we had developed the technology around which Visinex RFID is based. Um, and we started Visinex in 2012, as Ken mentioned. Um, and we've managed to move twice. Um, and we, we're now in a, about a 7,000 square foot facility and uh, growing rapidly, as, as Ken mentioned. Great. I love hearing that. So you kind of led into it. How did it come to be started and what are RFID tags? Okay, well, as I mentioned, Visinex uh, was started in 2012 with uh, Bob, Ken and I. Um, we saw a need um, out of what had happened with, with RCD. Um, we saw a, a, a niche market for um, 
what we call hard tags or, or mount on metal tags primarily. Um, our product line is based on a printed circuit board platform. Um, RFID tags are essentially, um, we jokingly refer to them as, as a barcode on steroids. Um, <laughs> it, it allows you to, better allows you to track um, almost any asset. Um, difference between an RFID tag and a, and a barcode, you don't have line of sight um, issues. Uh, you can read it from far away. Um, depending on the tag, you can read these things from six inches to as much as 25, 30 feet. Um, and we develop tags. Our whole concept is to really supply the tag that the customer needs for their, op for their specific application. Um, so as opposed to uh, a tag coming off the shelf that is designed to do a, a wide variety of things, we really look at um, a customer's application, how to optimize it, what the tag needs to do, what the environment is going to be, um, and really work closely with the customer to provide the best tag that we can for them to get the most out of their RFID application. Um, Ken, you want to jump in? And, yeah, and so, and just back to the RFID, what is RFID and what's an RFID tag? Uh, the, the most common example that everyone understands about RFID and the type of tags that we make is EasyPass. So this is, you, you put this tag in your on your windshield and the highway system is able to identify your car and associate uh, the, the tolls that you've accumulated right. um, with that record in a database somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's about automated, RFID is really about automated data collection. How do I get data about an object uh, and, and collect the data without have someone having to point a barcode reader at it or, or position an object very precisely so that, so that a, a, a fixed barcode reader can scan it properly an RFID tag is, uh, doesn't need that level of precision for a reader to detect it and uh, obtain the identity of the object. So it's, uh, you know, and it's sort of feeds into the internet of things. It allows people to collect a lot of data about where their assets are, how they're being used, what their utilization rates are, um, and sometimes for security reasons, when they disappear. Yeah. How... Okay. Do you assist rental business owners? So, so obviously business, business rental uh, providers have a large asset tracking uh, 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 problem. Yeah. Uh, not problem in a, in a bad sense, but, 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 but a task yep. that needs to be accomplished. Um, and the assets are sometimes in their warehouse and they're sometimes at their customers or in transit. And sometimes when they're in their warehouse, they're in, uh, they just got returned from a customer and they need to go into a quality process. Sometimes they're sitting on the shelf. Um, what, you know, and it's difficult for uh, people who rent equipment, particularly big pieces of equipment, um, you know, that, that, are, that are difficult to manipulate because they're heavy or they're awkward uh, or they're, you know, unusually shaped. Um, uh, Getting, getting the identity of that object and then tracking it through the process is, uh, as I say, sometimes very difficult. And uh, RFID greatly eases that process. Once again, rather than having someone pick up and uh, have to manipulate what could be an, a, a 
a, a heavy object or a or a uh, awkward object, they can simply point an RFID gun at the at a pallet on which it's sitting, and they collect information about about that object. Um, and it really speeds RFID can really speed the process of both kitting the material that's leaving the building. So uh, uh, someone, for instance, who's renting power generation equipment mm -hmm. to someone uh, who's got a construction site they need to power up. Uh, there's a generator, there's power distribution, there's a bunch of cables, you know, there's a whole bunch of items that have to be assembled together uh, so that the customer gets the functionality that they need. Um, you know, you need to check that all those items are there, you need to assign them to a specific customer and get them out the door. And once again, RFID greatly speeds up that process because you don't have to, I mean, you don't even, if, if you have fixed readers set up, you don't even have to point a gun at them. You just have to have an individual or a forklift truck carrying the items past the reader and it right. automatically records their, their uh, identity. Um, stuff goes out to the field, customer uses it for whatever the rental period is, and then it comes back in and the process gets reversed. Um, and once again, the, you can easily identify that, yes, that was an item that went to the customer. Um, here's the list of items that, that didn't come back from the customer that were, went out. Uh, and maybe sometimes even you have items that came back that weren't you know, assigned to that customer. Um, uh, and then once they're in-house, you can track them through the quality process in an automated way. You know, you don't have to have people trying to record numbers on a clipboard or once again, pointing barcode readers at things. Mm -hmm. And then once they're through the, the quality process and they're on the shelf, if you want to do cycle counts, the process of doing a cycle count is, is greatly abbreviated because now you can simply have somebody walking up and down an aisle with a handheld reader and uh, gathering information about what's on the shelf and on which shelf it happens to be located. Um, it really streamlines processes for rental equipment uh, businesses. Yeah. It sounds like it makes everything very easy. <laughs> right. It Less makes the data collect, right. The data collection process much easier. That's yeah. Um, and there are, there are implications of that in, in the greater business in the sense that uh, because you now have reliable and inexpensive, relatively inexpensive data collection, you also get more reliable information about things like asset utilization. Mm -hmm. You know, what assets are, are, are here and on the shelf, which assets are in the field and for what duration are they in the field, where, what assets are underutilized and perhaps we don't need as many of and which ones are we short on and we need yeah. more of because you have better quality data about how those assets are, are being utilized. And that's huge right now. You know, business owners Correct. really want to increase their ROI. So knowing where their equipment is, how it's performing, if they're not using it as much, like it all is such a big deal for business owners. That's correct. If you're trying to, if you're trying to squeeze the pennies out of your business, as you say, maximize that ROI and make sure you get a return on every dollar you invest, right? You have to know which assets are highly utilized and are providing you with a good ROI and those that for whatever reason aren't. Right. Um, and what the change changes are looking like as, as usage patterns change over time. Yeah. 
Right. So, if you're going to make decisions on on where to invest, how to invest, you know, it, it's all you can only make the good decisions if you have appropriate data, and and RFID helps you improve the quality of your data. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Now, how do you customize these tags for your clients? There's a couple of ways to look at customization um, from a tag perspective. Uh, there's as I mentioned a little bit ago, there's actually customization from the development point of view. And, and that starts early on in the process when we engage with a customer is really understanding um, what they're looking for, how the items are going to be moved, what information they're looking to be able to obtain, and how they're going to be collecting that information. Once we understand that, um, our development team can create and, 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 and customize a, a tag that's going to work the best in that process. Once the tag has been developed and tested and, and approved, then there's the part of the customization that is involved in production, which is actually, um, does a tag need a label? Um, does it need special adhesive? What information do you want on the label? Uh, how, do, you, do you want the barcode? How are you going to encode it? Um, who's going to be doing the encoding? In many cases, most cases actually, uh, we provide the service to our customers of pre-labeling and encoding the tags. Um, a lot of people don't actually know the variety of things that can be done in terms of encoding tags and how to encode them. Um, and I will sit down frequently with customers at the time they order to get an understanding of, you know, what information do you want? What's your numbering sequence? Um, do you want the tags locked? Um, do you want them permalocked? Do you want them um, access passwords? So do you want to be able to reuse these tags? So really understanding how the customer is going to be using the tags and then talking with them about what they want them to look like. Because in some cases, it doesn't matter. They may be being embedded. They may be going under something. They may be hidden from view. In some cases, customers want logos on them. You know, these tags may be visible. They may be customer facing. Mm -hmm. um, so they want to use the tag as a, a way of, you know, branding, um, having their logo on it, having certain text on it, and, and things like that. So, so those are the two different types of customization that when it comes to the tags. And, and one sort of example of that for this market that was is particularly relevant is um, a lot of people who rent equipment, uh, power generation being one, uh, people who rent equipment to people who make movies, videos, uh, commercials mm -hmm. um, have have a lot of cables. They're they're using cables to obviously connect uh, uh, devices to their power source. And normally these are mobile, so they're in they're in the field or they're on location if it's a movie making th operation. And uh, and the cables that go out are very specific. I mean, and normally they're big bulky things. They're carrying a lot of current, and sometimes they're carrying control signals as well as power. Um, and they've got seven conductors and they've got a, a particular type of uh, end connector so that they interface correctly with the devices they attach to and, uh, and, their, and their specific lengths. But when they're all coiled up, you know, that's normally how they're stored, you know, they, they coil them up in a, a uh, you know, uh, so that they can be fairly compact. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're heavy and they're very difficult to 
tell apart. I mean, hey, it's a it's a black wire, you know, it's a big black cable, um, and and people had, you know, it's a very bad thing when you get, you know, you're filming a filming on location, and the the cable you get is 25 feet too short, or it's got the wrong end connector. Suddenly, somebody's on a helicopter, you know, while 130 people are standing around with their hands in their pockets because you gotta you gotta hook the camera up to the power supply and the cable's too short, or it's got the wrong connector on it. So, so we developed a tag that works very well on when it's attached to a cable. And another problem with RFID. Un, un, you know, characteristic of RFID is that metal affects the way the tags perform, the presence of metal, either either the tag being mounted on the metal or there being a lot of metal around the tag. Sometimes signals can get blocked or on the other side, signals can bounce around and you see signals that you didn't expect to see. So, um, so, that, so the tags need to be able to sort of be powerful enough to be able to overcome this high metal environment. Because if you throw 30 cables onto a pallet, there's a lot of metal there. And, yeah. and it's possible that those tags are going to be in the shadow. You know, one of the tags is going to be in the shadow, the electronic shadow of, of, of one of these hunks of metal. Um, and so you need a tag that's, that has enough oomph to be able to, to overcome this, these sorts of problems. So we, we developed a tag that, that met those requirements so that now customers can very quickly and accurately identify a cable you know, and so you know exactly what its configuration is. And when you have, as I say, 30 of them in a bin or on a pallet, you can identify all 30 of them very quickly without having to try and lift these big, difficult to, to handle uh, 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 electrical cables. Yeah. Um, so, so, so there was a need that we identified and we were able to create a product that met that need. Great. So as we all know, COVID has greatly impacted the construction and manufacturing industries, as well as the entire world. What do you think the future of these industries look like in terms of innovation moving forward? So, obviously, focusing on how RFID plays into this post-COVID world. Yes. Um, one of the primary lessons that people have taken away from this uh, crisis is that, you know, having people involved in the process, um, it is highlighted that it's, that it's uh, both inefficient and, and now it can even be, you know, dangerous to your health, mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, people are looking at their processes and thinking how they can streamline those processes. Um, and, RFID is one of the technologies that really helps you do that. And, and it's virtually anything where you're moving products and even people from place to place. As you move them from place to place, RFID allows you to collect the data about that movement without involving any people. And obviously there's an efficiency issue, which has always driven RFID. It allows those processes to be more efficient and to do them without a lot of labor, uh, but now it also has this extra element of human safety involved. Yeah, you know, you're if you if you don't have people in the process, they aren't aren't being exposed to a virus, and they they aren't in, in any jeopardy, obviously, because they're not there at all. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, so it's added an extra layer of motivation and, and in a certain sense, ROI, although it's a little hard to quantify the actual payback for, you know, the, the element of the process that we're talking about, but it, but it, 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 as I say, it, it provides an, an extra level of motivation to implement systems that allow you to do this automated data collection without the need to expose people to these environments or to each other. Right. And that's what we need right now. <laughs> Correct. Patients, that's what we need right now. We'll save. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Also help businesses keep going and progressing. So. Correct. That's correct. That's correct. And, and, you know, the idea of eliminating jobs is not, it's not one that's, that's, um, <laughs> you know, you're not, it, it doesn't always make people happy, but on the other hand, it, it'll let the other way of looking at it is it allows you to reallocate resources to jobs that add more value yes. than, than pointing a barcode reader, for instance, or yep. writing something down on a clipboard as, as a, as a pallet of material moves by a particular workstation. Um, so, so, uh, so it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to eliminate jobs, but it allows the reallocation of resources to more productive uses. Yep. Now, in your opinion, what can business owners do to get back on their feet? Do they need to invest in new technologies or what we were just talking about, hire new employees or allocate them to new roles. Like what, what is the next step here? Uh, so, so I can't say, I, I don't know whether there's a one size fits all answer to that question. Cause I, I think that, you know, somebody like a restaurant owner has a very different problem from someone who is in the equipment rental business or yes. is in the oil production business or is in the medical device space. So, um, so there isn't, as I say, I mean, I, I don't have a quite, I don't have an answer for that, that, that applies to every, every problem that every business owner has. Um, but, uh, but certainly I think the idea of investing in new technologies to uh, improve the efficiency of operations and once again, to improve the speed and quality of the information about the way assets are deployed is important. Because, uh, and, and that's ultimately what I say to many of our customers, it's all about the data. Mm -hmm. You gotta have good data and you got to have it in a timely way, um, and you got to have a system that presents it to you so that you can react to the information that it contains. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's the way businesses are going to be able to grow and thrive as we go into the future. Um, certainly, you look at the businesses that are being very successful right now. They're all about data and knowing where stuff is. I mean, yeah. obviously, Amazon's become incredibly good at it. Um, and, uh, and those are the types of business that I say are going to, going to rule the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And anytime you can look to automate and, and speed your low value added processes, you know, the better that's going to be from, for your business. You know, like Ken said, you, you then focus your people on your higher value added processes and you have systems in place that help you collect your data and, and manage things and do things in a more automatic way. And that's where RFID can help out. Yeah. So speaking of futures, are there any exciting products or news on the horizon for Visimax RFID? 
There's always exciting things going on as an XRFID. <laughs> but you have to have a certain frame of mind to actually be excited about them. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, um, as you know, Ken mentioned we are we have been able, even with the the COVID issues, um, we've we've been able to continue. Uh, pretty well along our growth path. And as such, uh, we are investing in the business. Uh, we're doing that by purchasing new equipment, um, expanding our manufacturing capacity. Um, I've got two pieces of equipment coming in in the next oh, two months or so uh, that will improve our assembly capability um, significantly um, and also just improve the the, the the capabilities um, of my people as well. Um, and I've probably got uh, another one or two pieces of equipment looking um, at, at being purchased next year as well. Again, it's all about improving manufacturing uh, capacity and, and productivity. Um, and then just on a day-to-day -day basis, we have you know production engineers, manufacturing engineers, that are continuing to look at our processes internally um, and figure out ways to improve things um, and, and make things go through the process faster so that we can deliver um, more products uh, and, and quicker to our customers. Yeah. And then on, on the other side, uh, we, to some extent, are... Uh, you know, our progress is gated by developments uh, that are made outside our company by the people who make the silicon chips that uh, we assemble onto the tags that we design. Mm -hmm. um, and what's happening there is exciting in that the, the sensitivity of those chips, the ability for them to detect an incoming signal uh, is getting greater and greater as time goes on. I mean, those those uh, engineers and manufacturers are figuring out ways to improve uh, the performance of the of the devices uh, that we use to create tags. So we have to, you know, like a PC supplier, every time Intel comes out with a new generation of processor, you you have to change your devices so to incorporate that latest technology and we have the same sort of process in the RFID world. Um, and uh, fairly recently there have been some new chips introduced into the marketplace and, uh, and their sensitivity is much better than the last generation. So we're now busily upgrading our designs to incorporate those latest chips into our products which then passes through to our customers in that those chips are now more sensitive. So the, the, the systems that are based on them have it, better performance than they had before. Yeah. Um, and so our customers are getting more value and higher ROI for, for the investment they make in RFID. Um, and, and, you know, the, um, the laws that govern most uh, silicon um, it, it applies in RFID. The chips are getting cheaper and higher performing, uh, essentially, all the time, and it's uh, and it's allowing us, <laughs> it's forcing us uh, to constantly improve our products as well. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're pretty bullish on RFID, because as the, those costs come down for the customer, the, the chips get, because the, the, the ICs are more powerful, the tags can get smaller, which makes them less expensive. You get, uh, they get, the, our customers get more and more value as time goes on for every dollar that they invest in RFID technology, which is a great, great trend to be on. Yeah. And see, I was right. That sounds very exciting. Yep. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. sounds like you guys have some great things coming up and that, you know, 2021 is going to be great for you guys. <laughs> uh, well, we certainly hope so. We certainly yeah. hope so. You know, I mean, it would, would not be true to say that we've been unaffected by, you know, the COVID thing, because certainly some of our customers have been uh, very severely impacted. Um, but, uh, but we're going to come out of it. And yes, we believe we'll come out of the gate running. Great. Well, it's been wonderful to talk with you guys. And I wish you all the success moving forward. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay. Well, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Yep. We appreciate your time as well. That is our episode for today. A big thank you to Sandra and Ken for joining me. Make sure to tune in every other Wednesday for another episode of Rentals The Bottom Line on 4constructionpros.com. And don't forget to subscribe now so you can stay on top of the bottom line. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.